It's like when you see somebody driving a big truck with the big old testicles hanging off the bumper. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. that guy's got a massive truck. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Probably because he has a small penis. Yeah. And Wait, maybe he's like got a lot of land and needs it for stuff. But why the balls, though? Yeah, but why you know the testicles hanging off the back? <laughs> Welcome to an episode of Clough Chronicles, another episode of this podcast with a special guest. So, having said that, this episode is going to be very special. Extra special, especially. as are all our episodes. <laughs> but this one's especially special because our guest, well, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi. Taylor Marie is our <laughs> guest. I'm so sorry. So we're sharing a mic because of mm, just because of me. I, I, I forgot my mic. <laughs> um, little setting for your brains. We're all in the middle of the woods right now, sitting in Taylor's beautiful, on her beautiful deck, um, up in Southern Oregon, up Highway 66, and it is the most beautiful thing you could ever imagine. It looks so great. It's probably the most beautiful location that we've ever recorded a podcast. What do you have to say about it, Taylor? How do you enjoy living here? It's like a retreat away, my sanctuary. (laughs) Yeah, I get to reset. I spend a lot of money on gas, and it's worth it. How many squirrels do you think you hit (laughs) during a week? (laughs) It's Because I hit two on the way up here. They're suicidal, I swear. Kamikaze (laughs) suicidal. Little creatures. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd say like, I've hit a skunk once. That was unfortunate. Gnarly. Sounds stinky. (laughs) Real stinky. (laughs) That stinks. Really stinks. (laughs) Um, I've hit a rabbit. I've hit a squirrel. I mean, actually not that many. Just a couple? I'm just an exceptional driver. Yeah, well... Not me. So you're the type of person who likes to live, uh, like, um, like. Do you hate other people? Do you like just living in your own space? Do you hate the city? Where do you stand on that? It's kind of a long story, but um, I think it started with the people, and then I got into meditation in my 20s, and it was just too loud. I could feel too much around me, and so I just needed a more supportive environment for that. Um. And as time went on, I just really like it. It's just peaceful. There's less going on. It's how I can unwind and relax. And it's just become a part of what I have to have around me. Um, Granted, I do really love animals probably more than people. (laughs) But I love people too. There's the truth. I love you. That's why you're up here. (laughs) Yeah, there's like horses up here. We just saw a fox scurry through the woods. You have a cat. So... That's pretty great. So to give a little bit of context with Taylor, she is a woman. She's 32 years old. She has quite a lot of life experience. And we wanted to dive into her life. Um, gosh, I don't really know exactly where. Well, maybe maybe it would be good to start with how me and Taylor met. Yeah. That so be a good little intro into that whole Thing. Okay. You think? I'll, yeah, go for yeah. it. I'll let you guys say that story because I wasn't part of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Passes the mic over to Taylor. Um, so Taylor and I met through Raw, um, where I work. I was doing the social media at the time, and she. Did you come in? Like, how did the how did the first interaction happen? Did you just ask if I wanted to shoot something that you were doing? Do you remember? Yeah, I think I was just kind of testing an edge and just confronting businesses local in town that wanted to collaborate. Okay, so you're kind of going around to a couple different businesses then. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I I love what you guys represent in your business and the health um, aspects, but also the lifestyle that you guys um, embody in your (laughs) business. And that's what I like to do in my own life and so I thought I could feel good about collaborating like truly you know every time Mm -hmm. I've done it with a business that I don't really like it reflects in the pictures and the product and I'm not super stoked oh yeah 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 and you're not as excited to work yeah like I'm going to the shoot and it's for this it's just not I don't know for like Victoria's Secret and I just (laughs) sit there 
I mean, that's not a good example. <laughs> it's cold outside. <laughs> Sorry, no offense nothing. on that one. <laughs> Maybe what would be another good example for a candy store? Yeah. You know, okay, I don't necessarily eat a lot of candy. I'm just yeah. sitting here doing this thing that I'm not very passionate about, yeah. and it kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah, I feel like raw fits you a little better, more like embodies who you are. Granted, um, so first... I do eat meat. Yeah, me too. Yes. I love meat. Yes. <laughs> meat is so good. There's a lizard right <laughs> over there. He joined us. I don't see him. Or she. <laughs> um, but so our first photo shoot was acro yoga, I think, right? No, I think it was rock climbing. Oh, that's right. Up it was here, rock climbing. Actually, right yeah, just road. like a couple miles away. Mm-hmm. Or like not even a couple of miles. No, just like a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That was super crazy. That was really fun. You like hiked up like shoot. 15 jars of juice or something. Oh, yeah. I, and there was like 15 people there. Yeah, it worked out pretty good. I just yeah. kind of gave everybody a juice who was, was up there. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That was super fun. You guys were super into it. I remember that hiking up with the juice and your um, chalk bags and everything. Aww. That was perfect. It was super cool. Was I liked fun. how everybody was wanting to participate and like, oh, I'm about to climb. Should I take a juice? Yeah. And like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to drink it? AKA, I'd like to drink some juice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. <laughs> so it worked out really good. Got some really good shots from that shoot. Yeah. Taylor, would you consider yourself an influencer? I feel like that word is kind of laced. I know we've talked about it already, but I feel hesitant to say that because I'm not like that active in that. Well, just to give some, is it okay if I jump in now and and into like how Taylor and I met? So Taylor reached out to raw like usual as an influencer. And then I had She's, taken over the social media. Yeah, I had taken over the social media. So um, she said, like, hey, Brayden, is your brother slash cousin in town? <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> brother slash cousin. I, I couldn't it. remember. So yeah. then, Brayden, you text me, and you're like, hey, uh, that's that girl, Taylor. That we've girl. We've done some. Oh, that yeah. That girl. Yeah, that girl. No, there wasn't any tone there, at least yeah. in the text. And so then I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. And he, Brayden said, you can do some work with her if you want. So I reached out and I was like, hey, I'm Braden's hey, brother. <laughs> not cousin. Not cousin. And uh, I, I'm in charge of the social media. So um, yeah, so let me know what you need. And then, you know, you were going skydiving and you wanted a raw shirt. Well, what was your, what, did you have like an angle that you were trying to, did you want us to pay for the, oh, sorry. Am oh, I speaking okay. too loud? No, you're not. Did you have? Did you want us to pay for the sh- for the jump or something, or what was your goal? No, that actually didn't dawn on me until after. <laughs> I was like, I should. Yeah, we have totally would have done that. Asked that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, really, I don't know. It, sometimes me when I ask a company if they want to collaborate, it's more of an edge for me to be like, what is possible? Am I afraid to ask for what I truly want? And like, maybe it's not a big deal. And so that is actually more. It's like rejection therapy. I'm like right. getting better at businesses saying no. And granted, it doesn't actually happen that often. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. I just wanted to collaborate. It's kind of more artistic for me than being like, I just want free stuff. Because that doesn't feel good to me either. Because it's not actually what's driving me per se. That's just a plus of creating art and like team working something when I like a business. Yeah. If that do you do sense. mostly local businesses? Um, Have you done anything online or anything like that? I get asked all the time on yeah. my Instagram, and I I pretty much just say no to pretty much everyone. <laughs> yeah. Because then it feels like I'm working for someone else or I don't know. Like if, I don't, if I'm not stoked and I don't approach them, it's not who I truly want to work for. That makes sense. And most of the time they want me to like be an ambassador, which mm-hmm. means you have to buy in. And I've had bad experiences with that where they don't really... I don't know. It's a it's a user relationship. I feel like it's usually short term with those ambassador things. It's yeah. like you're really stoked on it because it's like, oh, I get free stuff. Yeah. And then after two months, it's like, okay, that died down. Totally. On to the next thing. Yeah. I just, for me, I was going, this was a big trip. I had never skydived before. I really wanted to go since I was in high school. I don't know what happened and why I never actually went. But this is the year that I'm like, I'm going to start doing all the things I've always ever wanted to do. It's awesome. And skydiving was a lot of it. And one of my girlfriends, she is dating someone who is um, certified, and she's been four times or three times. And 
we were like, what if we got a bunch of women together? This was like a lady jump. Yes. And so there was um, Angela and Jamie and I and uh, and Meg. And Meg and I, we were the first first ones to jump, the ones to jump for the first time. And then Angela and her had gone together before. And it was just really amazing. But I just wanted to just, how can I add more to this? Like, it's such an epic opportunity, like, to have this video with, like, your guys' stuff. Right, It's yeah. not just, like, like, rock climbing or acro. It's, like... Next level. It's like, next extreme level. sport kind of a it's thing. It's extreme, you know? And yeah. there's just so much joy that came from that like to have like raw on that just felt good mm-hmm. yeah did you guys scream raw when you were in the air too yeah that we is had... so cool <laughs> i don't know how you mustered that up i'd be screaming so many other things if i was falling from an airplane well at that point we had stopped free falling and um he pulled the chute and then he i told him before we went up like why like what's what i'm trying to do with this and he was so on board he was like, oh, we'll, we'll get to a point where we can, like, loosen up your straps. And I was like, what? <laughs> you want to what? <laughs> like, I'm keeping this thing as tight as I can go. Am I going to fall out? <laughs> and then he said, you know, we can unzip your jumpsuit because I was in a red oh, jumpsuit. Oh, it's covering up the, the And shirt. it was covering up the shirt. And I wanted to wear the jumpsuit. It's just, like, so classic skydiver. <laughs> yeah. And it was so cute. It was, like, this bright red. Anyway. And so he pulled the chute and we're, like just in the canopy just falling and we're doing all these cool turns with it and he's like all right here we go and he has the gopro on his wrist and he like shows me how to do everything and i'm like i'm just not gonna touch anything and then at one point he's like he's like what do you want to say and i'm like i don't know i just couldn't think (laughs) there was so much adrenaline and then he did it too and he's like did we get it and then he wanted to do the video where he was having me pull the parachute and guide it and turn it by myself. It's oh, yeah. really hard to do because you have to be really, really strong. And he was really strong. And he had to help me. And you're really strong because you did it. <laughs> <laughs> he helped me, but it was fun. He said, next time that I go, I can pull the chute the next time. Oh, wow. So I'm excited. Is that a thing you pull on the on the back of the backpack behind you? Yes. Or is it a string like on your shoulder? No, it's it's like side. So you have to just reach back. Like, yeah. Wow. And my girlfriend this time, that. she went through a whole series of like, like a routine of like doing the whole thing. She like landed it and everything with the guy on her back. But she did an amazing job. But she, when she went to reach back for the shoot, she couldn't find it. Even though oh, so scary. She, yeah. It's like she knew. And it's I'm like, like, what girl, do you do? She's like, you did so amazing. I watched her land and it was like so smooth. Oh, that's cool. That's always where like stuff goes. I mean, there's any point something can go wrong, but that's like where it like really goes bad as far as like I've heard that they've told mm-hmm. me. It just goes perfect. And at the end, they just drop 10 you, like, feet break and like a break leg a leg. Or yeah. It's like, oh God. <sighs> um, but she did really, really good. I was so impressed. And she was like, God, but I really wanted to pull it. And yeah, anyway, so proud of all of them. It was so bonding. It was amazing. That's cool. Yeah. So cool. So, yeah, you told me that you wanted to have Ross sponsor that jump, and I was like, all right, sure. So I had to run it by Braden with the whole shirt and gift card. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, doing what I do, I have – I'll admit there's, like, a stigma around influencers, and I was like, I really (laughs) like influencers. Like, I don't really (laughs) want to have to meet this girl. Yeah. And, um, so, and it's hard because you're busy with so many other things and it's just like another thing. When you yeah, it's super busy. And like to. influencers just kind of want something. That's generally what they want. They're interested in free stuff or getting something paid for uh, so they can live their active lifestyle. For free. Yeah. And, and right. it can be mutually beneficial, but I'm just like the dude who has to like, it's not Make beneficial it for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but I mean... You turn out to be pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. So anyway, yeah, it was really great. And so now you have this super active lifestyle and you're, uh, do you have any more plans with, with raw? (laughs) Any more raw plans? Raw plans. Um, I mean, it just depends. Wink, wink. (laughs) Well, you're welcome to go skydiving again. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't expect us to pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I, I just have ideas where I'm like, oh, that would be really fun to do. Like, how can we strap a water bottle onto that? Or, you know, mm-hmm. it's like horseback ride. So I'm like, we haven't done that yet. 
Yeah. Let's do it. You don't have a horseback rider on your feed. No, not at all. We don't need to appear to that audience. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's fun to get little fun things, Mm -hmm. but it's more, if I really cared about it and I wanted to get something, I'd be like, I'm going to milk this. Like, we're going to have a really mutually bent, like, contract. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You'd go for it if it's something you wanted. Yeah. And I'd be like, I want to get paid. I mean, ultimately, that's what I want, but the chances of that happening right now, I'm I don't know. Kind of testing the water, seeing what's fun, what you like to do. Yeah, and I kind of like it for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that for sure. So we'll see. Like what for fun? Doing this side art. You know, like I work for an MD during the week. Tuesday through Thursday, I put on like a blazer and a suit for choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you don't want to do it a little bit. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Oh, cool. I love dressing professional, but, um, I work for an MD and so it's a really different energy. Granted, it's like one of the most amazing jobs I've ever had and I'm super enjoying it and loving it. Um, but it's always this thing like, is my art, if I make it my job, will it become stagnant and dull and will I hate it? Yeah. And I feel like both of you as photographers, videographers like artists on your own like what have my question for you (laughs) is how have you toyed with that how has it affected your career you're obviously creative and you're following that you're managing raw which is a little bit different but I'm sure as creative like you said you get thrown curveballs left and right so creative Mm -hmm. solutions creative brainstorming yeah in a different way, mm-hmm. you know? So how has, have you like confronted that? Has that come up for you? Have you dealt with that? Go ahead, Brady. Do you want me to go? <laughs> okay. I have some ideas flowing around in my head right now. Um, so for me, photography is like the equivalent of your um, collaborations. I love it and it's super awesome. I get to be creative. I get to be artistic and I get to be with people that I enjoy. Um, But like you were saying, if that became my job and if I started to have responsibilities and obligations and timelines and all that stuff that I had to meet, then I feel like I wouldn't be as creative or I would be creative in a different way that, or I don't know, I just kind of have always been afraid to jump into that to make that more of a profession. Um, So it was kind of perfect. Ammon moved here right when I became manager or Mm -hmm. soon after I became manager of Raw and took over the photography and I got to really focus on what I actually have really been enjoying, which is um, managing people and being creative more in the store and getting to make changes that influence a lot of people. And it's, um, kind of nerve wracking and a little bit, um, out of my comfort zone, Mm. but it's great. It's so much fun. So you're uncomfortable. Exactly. (laughs) I love that. I'm uncomfortable probably every day. I just have to be like, fake it till you make it kind of a thing. Nice. Like when I'm meeting with produce companies or having, you know, job interviews or meeting, investors or something like that i'm always just like oh my gosh like i have to really present myself in a way that i really don't feel comfortable with stepping it up and like be the mask of the or the face of the company wow but um i mean it's fun but yeah i always get super clammy really nervous before like have a hard time (laughs) eating like it's it's a big thing but it's it's fun i do enjoy it yeah good good. for you and have you felt like that's affected the rest of your life like challenging yourself and I think it has. Yeah. It started kind of with time management was my main thing that I was mm-hmm. focusing on. Cause when I first started managing, I was working, um, like 10, 12 hour days for, I mean, seven days a week. Like it was crazy. It was just very busy and I didn't have time for myself and I was becoming really stressed out and like my health wasn't great. And I'm like, okay, I need to <laughs> figure something out. Um, so, um, actually my girlfriend helped a lot with that. Emily is super great Aww. with time management and she was just like super supportive and Emily. just mm, Emily, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to the way that she does things, I was kind of able to adapt to that and, um, you know, put my own twist on it. But essentially, mm. she was like a really big inspiration for keeping me sane. So nice. thanks, Emily. Oh, <laughs> so you're you're to wrap up like your aspects is like you have confronted it. You've decided you don't want that to be your job right now, like your life. You do it mm-hmm. for fun still. Yeah, exactly. And the, yeah. the part that I do <clears throat> more for fun now is film photography. Mm. I haven't done much with my Sony in a while, the digital camera. Yeah. Um, but with the film camera, it's kind of like something I'll just bring along if I'm going on a hike or something random. Nice. And then I always forget what's on the roll 
because mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's, I think, 20, 24 to 36, depending on what role you get. But that's how many photos you get on each role. And then that lasts me probably like a couple of months, like two, two months or something. And then I'll get it developed. I forget what's on there. And then that part is like the magic that I really mm-hmm. enjoy. It's just like, oh, my gosh, I totally remember that. I'm so glad I took this photo. I completely forgot. Mm. So that's what I love about it now. That's great. Yeah. Nice. I want to hear your your turn on that. Let's put you on the spot. Yeah, can you can you condense the question so I can <laughs> Okay, <laughs> yeah. recap. Question is, have you ever questioned whether you want to make your art your work? And have you ever decided not to for the sake of keeping it fun and light and more creative? Has that has that ever kept you the fact that it is your work feeling less creative? And it taking away from your original, like, why are you doing this? Like, what got you into this? Do you love it? Like, why? Thank you for the, for that condensement. <laughs> condensement? <laughs> Elongated condensement. Yeah. Um, no, I never questioned whether I wanted to do it for a career. And I always heard people say that, like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do this hobby for my career because I, I'll get burnt out. I've never understood that. Because why wouldn't you want to do the thing that you love? Like, who cares if it's a hobby? Just, like, get another hobby after that. And, like, you're at least you're doing something that you like as a hobby that for money. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's like taking a hobby and then turning it into work, but then you're making money out of a hobby and you get to do it every day. You just have to, like, like what you're saying, Braden, time management. You have to be careful with how you have to be able to know when you had enough, when to put the camera down so that you don't get burnt out. You can get burnt out on anything, things you like and don't like. So just pick something that you like and then just time manage it appropriately so you can sustain that. Yeah. So with my photography, um, I mean, I was always just like my view and work and things was uh, what pays the bills. Like, what what can I do that can make me happy and it also pays bills? That's always been my philosophy. So when I found, like, firefighting, I thought that I liked it. When I thought about doing education, elementary education, I was like, maybe I'll like that because I like kids. But then it just never really worked. So when I found this hobby that I really liked, um, I just tried everything I could to figure out a way to do that as a career. So now that I do... It's so fun, and I never get burnt out. I mean, well, that's not true. There's days where I get tired, and I'm like, I'm not going to bring the camera today on this hike or this trip because I don't want mm-hmm. to film this That's event. part of the time management thing. Yeah, you know? that's part yeah. of the time management, and I feel like I'm getting better and better at that. And I just listen to myself. I listen to my feelings, and if I don't want to do it, then I just leave it home. And there's times I'm like, damn it, I wish I had my freaking <laughs> camera. this with me. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, you just deal with that. That's part of it. That's part of the time management. Mm-hmm. And so I love it. Does that answer your question? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Fabulous. Right on. Yeah. I've always like, I've always been in Braden's seat. And so I'm like, oh, that sounds amazing to just know and to just do it without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know, I think, I think for me with that whole keeping it magic thing. I just feel like if it was the thing that was making money, I would want it to encompass more of my time. And when it encompasses more of my time, like it kind of slowly was starting to do with photography. Because you want more money. starting to do that. Yeah. So you yeah. want more money. And then it's just like. Yeah, there's a balance. You're like, oh, I got to take photos. And I did that like one time and I was like, nope, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to back away right now. I guess I can see that. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Because when, when I, I understand the hustle mm-hmm. when you're trying to make money and provide for yourself and a family you're like okay just it's not about the passion right now it's about the money yeah yeah so it's about photography and how special it is to me i just like to keep it special i have to keep it a hobby and i feel like i'm better at it when i'm doing it less frequently and when there's no agenda right because normally when i'm doing it it's for it's there's an agenda and i've noticed I do miss making videos for myself because I'm constantly making videos for other people, for companies and stuff that sometimes I don't really care about. Yeah. 
And I'm like, gosh, I really want to just make a video because some clients are like, okay, we like your style, but we want you to slow it down. We want you to change this and that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well then that's not me. You're like, find somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> I'm quick. I'm upbeat. But I, and you're but really good at that too. I'm excited to see what you do for that hotel. That's what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that hotel wants the slower work, but I think it'll be cool because I mean it's pushing your limits a little bit. Yeah, and I'm interested to see how that turns out. You know, what about you, Taylor? Like, what what are some of your goals and dreams that you're working on right now? that can kind of tie into what we're talking about right now like what are you trying to do your dreams that's not loaded at all (laughs) i know right (laughs) what drives you as a person oh my god um okay so the nutshell version i want to incorporate more of my art in movement um and health and i don't really know how to combine all of them in like a unique way it's like that sets me apart from like Every other person that's doing a workout routine on a video on their Instagram. Like, I want to bring something of greater, not to say that those aren't of great value, but um, I want to do something more than that. Um, what are you doing right now to move your body into work in that, or well, to, I guess, further that aspect of your dreams? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I do a lot of different things as far as, like, hobbies like I horseback ride, I rock climb, I ice skate, I um, acro, I volleyball, I paddle, you know, it's that like... It just doesn't stop, does it? It doesn't. <laughs> it just keeps and, going on. And there's things that I'm like, okay, seasonal, like backcountry snowboarding, like touring, okay, that's seasonal, you know, okay, thank God, that's winter, you know, and then trail running, you don't do that in the winter, at least I don't, you know, mm-hmm. Um And then it's always like a transition going from one discipline to the next. It's like bittersweet. Like, okay, the season's over. We're saying goodbye to that. We're starting something new. But I feel like it's really important to have multiple different disciplines to be really well-rounded as far as what muscles you're using and what is um, not contrasting but complementary. So, you know, rock climbing is a lot of pulling and then acro is a lot of pushing oh, that's cool and so they kind of help each other out so that i can be a more round well-rounded athlete and have less injury and I'm, I'm not a pro i'm not a master at any of this i've just had a conversation with one of my best friends her partner's an amazing um movement therapist i don't even know what to call me has like 30 cert- certifications and he's very very wise um more than anyone i've really talked to because he has such a holistic view on the body and I'm excited to work with him because he'll customize something that's for my specific body type. Wow. Um, and where my weaknesses lie, you know, because I'm strong, but I have weaknesses that affect how I play volleyball. I have shoulder issues all the time. Um, and come to find out that comes from my core. It has nothing to do necessarily with my shoulders. I have hyperextended <laughs> elbows. That affects how I do handstands and acro versus you know, the strain that those joints put on my shoulder versus, or my bicep and my shoulder versus like that joint being supportive because it's not in alignment because it's hyperextended. So like the more you work out, you're hurting yourself more unless you do it correctly. Yeah. There's just little tweaks I have to do that are different than other people because of that small little thing. Um, but as far as like what I'm doing now, the term influencer, if we bring it back around to that, like, I don't call myself an influencer. I don't really want to just be like sale door salesman like just selling stuff all the time because it's not what I do it for um and I don't like it when I just see like hey she just sells stuff like that's her and like every time I post something it's like buy this like no it's it's how does this inspire you to move your body to get outside and be healthy like like what how can we tie in like what you're going through in your life right now to like you know, moving your body to eating right, to feeling good and getting outside, like having multiple nutrients needs met within that. And like, I'd like to be a good influence and inspire people. And then from my journey of like following that into a rabbit hole of like the intellectual aspects of life that lead me to question spirituality and like to hire, like you just take it further and go deeper and deeper because you have, you're not focusing on being healthy you're like, okay, I'm healthy. I have a good foundation. What else is there? Can we question more? Like, what is the purpose of life? Yeah. And like, what am I here to do? You can start dreaming comparatively to like just thriving or surviving and just getting by and like staying alive, you know? Mm-hmm. Living versus being alive. 
Are we about to drop into some spiritual what's the purpose of life <laughs> chit chat? <laughs> Diving in. From influencer to life coach. Oh God. I wouldn't like to call myself that either. I feel like a lot of people, I don't want to judge anyone, but I just don't want to be called that. A life coach? Yeah, but I've had someone tell me once before, they're like, I'm going to life coach you right now. And so like I have used oh. that phrase before <laughs> with some of my really close friends because we keep each other accountable, you know, and we, we have that trust so we can go there. It's not like I just do that to whoever and whatever. I'm not going to give someone advice that doesn't ask for it. That's just rude. Bro, I get unwar- unwarranted, <laughs> unsolicited advice all the time, Oh yeah, especially man. since my divorce. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of disgusting. Just remember, you're not a failure. Oh, Really? Gosh, that, you oh, changed yeah. me. I really thought I was a I'm failure. Not a failure. Oh, thank you. I'm so oh, glad you thanks. talked to me, you son of a gun. Really changed my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of ridiculous. I'm crying on the inside. <laughs> oh, sometimes people—that's just their kind way of wanting to connect and comfort and love. And sometimes it comes off as maybe a little ignorant because they didn't like actually drop in and say, "How are you feeling?" They just say a one-liner, and you're like, "Great." Thanks, my yeah. life is forever changed. It's like if you would have talked to me, you would have known that I actually feel pretty good about myself right now. <laughs> I just really struggle with people who, and this isn't directed at anyone, okay? I just struggle with people who don't know me. They don't know my story, what I am feeling, what I'm struggling with, and they try to give me advice based off of something that they've never experienced themselves. And they give it with no tact, without any kind of questioning or, or desire or even attempt to understand me and my situation. It just, it, it doesn't make me angry. It's just kind of like, why am I even listening to you? Yeah. Why am I sitting here, standing here, even giving you my attention? Like I, and it's not just because it's all about me and I want them to know about me and be understood and have this desire to be heard and validated. You're just wasting your time. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like my attention just completely turns and it's like, okay, what does this person need from me? What do they need me to hear or what what do they need to say? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's more about them in that moment, which is fine. You know, I'm not against that. I'm not, uh, I'll listen and I'll give them what they need, but I just don't really like it when they're trying to like see it. Are they trying to fix me? Are they overstepping their boundaries? And you're just like, Hey, do you feel like maybe these people that don't have the same experience as you are just trying to connect from a place where they don't know how, like they are feeling uncomfortable themselves. So they want to feel better. So they say something to you in order to feel better. Like I did the right thing, but they don't, you know? Yeah. 100%. I think that people don't ever have bad intentions or they, you know, they're just trying to do their part and help. So I get it. You know, I'm just, I'm, oh, I, I wanted to reach out and just say, like, I care about you. And that would be, that would mean more to me than what they're doing. You know, if, if people just said, hey, I don't really know what to say. I just wanted to reach out and let you know I care. I love you. I care about you. And if there's anything you need, I'm here. You know, they, they provide availability and opportunity for me to go to them if, they, if I need it. But then just when people ask me how I'm doing, I like that. Like, what do you need? How are you feeling? What's going on? Right. If there's something you need to say, I'm here. Yeah. That's... I mean, because you're the one going through, you know, the thing that they're talking about. And so it's like, they shouldn't be giving you their advice. It should be like, what can I do for you? Because you're the one who's yeah having the hard time. It's not like, obviously, you don't want to have your ears crammed with all this bullshit that's like not even relatable or exactly. relevant. Like, and I'm, I might not always know what I need, but... They don't either, especially people who haven't ever been through it. I'm sorry. I feel like we were off on a tangent. Like, <laughs> so no, I whole, love it. This, this podcast is, like is. <laughs> following the spirit of the podcast, whatever needs to be said. And, you know, I've been through a divorce myself, and so I can relate. Um, and, you know, there's some things that if I could go back, I would tell myself then what I didn't know now and it took me a while to understand you know is like people just they have their own fears and judgments about even themselves that come up during the process of watching someone that they care about be in pain and suffering because it was the right thing to do 
it needed to be done. No one did anything wrong in the divorce, but it was still really painful and they didn't want to see me in pain. But that pain and that grief was what actually brought me closer to myself and was essential to feel in order to grow. And it was unlike anything I can, you know, uh, compare it to in my life. Uh, and I feel wiser for it. And I still, you know, wish goodness upon him. And it was like a really emotional time, you know, we were together for a long time. So sorry to interrupt you. Uh, how long ago was your divorce? I think it was like three to four years ago. We were together for like eight years or something. We only got married for the last one because I was, I didn't really believe in, you know, the institution of marriage. Um, and I didn't feel like I needed it because I just felt like I was married. And we did a lot of things really differently in our society and culture and had a lot of really crazy experiences together. And it was amazing. And we learned a lot from each other. It was really powerful. But um, it was it was sometimes really challenging. Yeah. And, um, I just want to ask a ton of invading questions, but I won't, No, you but how totally do you, can. so you feel like that, that experience was overall positive with how people were bashing you during the experience and just like kind of, or maybe not bashing, but more just like giving unwarranted advice and conversation that you didn't necessarily agree with. Yeah. I mean, the hard part was the friend loyalties coming out and the true flags of seeing the true colors coming out of the people that um, were picking sides, which was really hard. That hurt a lot. And I was like, but I thought we had our own relationship, like, um, especially mm-hmm. when no one did anything wrong. Um, and I understand it's hard also on the community and those around you because they don't know how to be. And um, I think working with that judgment and that as well as your own is hard during that time to be able to be compassionate as to the people around you, what they're experiencing, because you're going through your own process. And you're like, can we just not, I can't do that right now. <laughs> can you we know? just not? Can yeah. we just not? Yeah. And, you know, the aspects of what people were telling me, it was confusing because there was a lot of conflicting information coming in and I'm like, you're just adding more to already too much that I'm going through and feeling. And like, I just feel confused as to what I should do. And I have a hard time dropping into my own feelings sometimes because I'm really empathic. And so I feel their emotions and I'm like, but I need to focus on me now. Like that's the whole point of this process. And like, thanks so much. But like, I don't know. Yeah, this is me time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I sometimes at first if, I felt like I was being selfish because I was focusing so much on myself. And sometimes, to be honest, I still struggle with that feeling. Like, wow, I really am just, it's all about me right now. But what what kinds of things do you do that make you feel that way? Um, Just how, uh, I don't know. To be honest, is it I, just like day to day decisions or is it more like, yeah, I mean, every day over here revolves or? around me. Like what's on my agenda today? What do I need to get accomplished? What yeah. do I need to buy? What do I need to do to further my career? And what can I do to help myself? I don't even know if that's anything to feel selfish about. That's just like single person thoughts. You know? just, yeah. that's just like, maybe, that's what, maybe that's all it is. Like, uh-huh. because for so long, cause I, Taylor, I was married for eight years. We were married we were together for like nine married for eight. And for the whole time I was always concerned about like, what does she need? Is she okay? What can I do for her? How can I make her happy? And I've started to notice that still, like I still do that for people that I care about. Yeah. Um, so now that I'm not doing that or I'm trying to not, it's feels selfish because I, I just, the only person I have to really ask is me. So mm-hmm. it just can feel a little bit selfish. I mean, I feel like you've been redirecting that um, loss or, um, yeah, I guess loss, like that that feeling that you're having of kind of like something's missing. You don't have this person to give all your love and energy to. Um, I feel like you've been redirecting that really healthily into your career and into your family, which I think is the best way that you could possibly redirect that. Like the two things that are most important for you, like financially and then your family. Yeah, that's a good point. 
So I'm, I know that it's not selfish, and I know mm-hmm. that it's necessary. Just sometimes it feels that way. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. I mean, I haven't known you that long, but from what I do know, and I would totally agree with Brayden on that. And the truth is, like, you're going to focus on what you need to, and then whatever it needs to, when it needs to come out, is going to. And sometimes you're just not ready. Sometimes you just need space from the initial, like, drama or you know, pain and that's okay. Like it's also self judgment in the process. And sometimes that can be more damaging than anything, whether it comes from someone else or, you know, there's a lot of these like shoulds. And I question a lot of those. Why? Like, why do I have to do this? Why is this right? Why should I like, can we break that down? And I think that focusing on yourself if there is a trust within yourself too of like, it's okay. Like I got this. Um, I'm, you know, you'll get to a point I feel like where that's, you trust that, you know, you're not going to like do something wrong with that energy. Like what's the fear if we get really into it? (laughs) What is the fear that you're going to be a self-centered, arrogant person? If you focus on yourself, like what if that's actually the inlet to like, pulling back from everything around you and actually for the first time dropping in with yourself and figuring out what you truly want and what your what your mission and goal in life or dropping into your you know relationship deeper with yourself and God you know to find a deeper path or to find deeper forgiveness for yourself so that you can also do that with those around you you know like what can that lead to like how can you hold space for other people when you haven't done it for yourself and especially with you getting married so young, I remember you saying that. Like it's, balls, yeah, it's great. But I mean, I'm just trying to think. You graduated high school, you went on a mission, and you got married. Like you never really had, like you didn't travel, yeah, or have you know like tons of dating experiences with, you know, yeah, like you didn't have Ammon time for an extended period of time. Yeah, I don't really know what the fear is. I guess just becoming self-centered or becoming or appearing that way to other people. I don't ever want to be prideful, self-centered. But then what if that's, again, another thing of focusing on other people around you rather than just doing what you need to do? For yeah, that's true. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. I think there's a line between being um, self-centered or cocky and then just being knowledgeable about how great you are at what you do. Like, I don't know if you're necessarily talking about photography. I mean, that's what came to mind with me is like... Yeah. You, I mean, you could be 20 times more cocky than you are now, and it still wouldn't even, like, you'd have room to wiggle there. So as a woman, what I've noticed in a man that approaches me as an example, if he's trying to sell me propaganda as far as who he is and why I should be with him or look at me, there's compensation there for something. I don't want to, like, we don't need to prove ourselves. We just are. If you're good at something, to be ourselves. you know it and, and you do it. And that. it's okay yeah. to own the moment, to own that, and to come from a place of just like clarity and strength and just being like, I'm good at this and I know it and that's okay. And these are my standards because I deserve this. I've always had the, a difficult time balancing that though, because I know that I'm good at what I do. Um, but, oh, dang, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh no. The balance of like knowing that I'm good at it, but not overcompensating, um, like find just finding that balance right between of like, okay, I'm confident what I do. I know that I'm good at it. Um, but I don't want to like, I want to maintain that humble appearance because I, I like, I'll just hold you accountable for that. When you start getting too cocky, I'll be like, Hey bro, remember that podcast we did? It's happening. Yeah. But sometimes (laughs) I'll, I'll, it's almost like I, I um, self-sabotage myself. Like if somebody's giving me compliments and saying, you're great at this or or you did a yeah. really good job on this one thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, it could have been better here. Or, yeah, I think I did a good job, but there's always kind of a but there. Yeah. So I'm working on that and just owning, just saying thank you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah it was pretty and good. Just keeping the rest I mean, I want to be like, I don't want to be like a dick about it. I'll be like, yeah, thanks. It was, I, I think so too. You know, yeah. But that's so good. That's okay. Like, try it. <laughs> yeah, but I like when, you know, when I give somebody a compliment, like say, hey, you did a really good job on that. And they say, oh, yeah, thanks. Instead of like, yeah. mm, I know. 
Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's a well, difference that, there. Yeah, that was that's a different so tone. so different than what you just said. <laughs> in your previous example. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally yeah, different. Yeah, it's good. I mean, you can have those thoughts of like, you know, if somebody's like, oh, you're so beautiful. And you're like, oh, but my eyebrows are not perfect. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, just own it. Like yeah. you're beautiful. You're like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like you're, you're right. beautiful too. You know? Yeah, just yeah. Like, that's I don't want to give somebody a compliment. Like, oh my gosh, you look so good right now. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I want, yeah I like, sometimes it's fun to just say that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like if we're being real Gaging here. You know, the like, audience. Yeah, there's, there's an element of comedy there for sure. And I'm yeah. into that. But, you know, uh-huh. just saying like, thank you. Confidently. Yeah. That's great. So the next question is like, what's the attachment to being humble? If you are and you know that that's there, then like, what is the fear that it's going to go away? Like that's who, you, if that's who you are, then like, what is the deal? I just hate prideful people. I don't want to ever look like one. Well, if we break down, so maybe there's just understanding that needs to be had around like why someone's acting prideful in order to have compassion for that and to understand and know and understand yourself more. You know, like why would someone do that? Most of the time, if I can think of why someone would be prideful, if I look back in my life of when I've been prideful, I'll totally own it is that I've been compensating. Whether I'm nervous and I know I don't got it, or I'm nervous and I got it, but I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, no, or, it's like very well said. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> like, perfect. I'm trying to like chest pump myself out to someone for whatever reason. Like there's an insecurity there, I feel like. Um, or maybe it's a survival mechanism. Maybe we have no idea who this person is and what they've come from. It's called peacocking. <laughs> <laughs> in nature it's nature but peacocking's like pretty yes. and that's not pretty well you're into peacocking or is that <laughs> <laughs> no they're just really beautiful birds anyway they are beautiful on, birds oh my gosh on, especially on. the males <laughs> I, I just want to go off on this peacock tangent you for a second <laughs> their feathers what are they like 10 feet high those birds are like oh two God, feet tall I'm the live it's ridiculous right now um <laughs> There are a lot of mosquitoes out here. Why do we do this outside? I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to have so many mosquito bites. Can we move inside? Should we pause? Pause and move inside? Yeah. Okay, pause. Okay, now we're inside and we can uh, focus on Wait, you didn't shut the door. not being eaten. Oh, I thought you told me to leave it open. No, no, I guess no. the mosquitoes. <laughs> mosquitoes are just flying in. Please bite me in my sleep. Yeah. We're. Yeah, the, she can do whatever. So we we have moved this podcast to the indoors because the mosquitoes were getting a little wild. That's what happens when you live in the woods in Oregon. Um, get us back on track. Where were we? I was about to ask you another really personal question about humbleness and the attachment. Humility. Yes, humility. Go ahead. <laughs> humbleness. Yes. Humbleness. Good. The humbly. The humbly. <laughs> the humbly thing. Well. The train of thought was maybe trying to understand why someone's pump, chest pumping, peacocking. Like, what is the mechanism behind that? And maybe, maybe gaining a deeper understanding to have more compassion around it so there's not such this repulsive thing because you have a charge around it. So you're actually like, it's like self-sabotage, like you said. You're so against it that you kind of just focus on it more than if you just, it wasn't a thing. You had no reaction to it then it didn't it wouldn't have any power in your life at all. It's like when you see somebody driving a big truck with the big old testicles hanging off the bumper. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. that guy's got a massive truck. <laughs> Why? Yeah, probably cuz he has a small penis. Yeah. And well, wait, maybe he's like got a lot of land and needs it for stuff. But why the balls, though? Yeah, but why you know the testicles hanging off the back? <laughs> Maybe because he knows that this is a thing for people, and he's like, I'm just going to mess with everyone and just put balls on the back of my truck. He's okay, like, my dick is so huge, but I'm then, still going to put big balls on the back of my truck. But then he hops out of the truck, and he was wearing like $300 boots and jeans from Buckle. You know, like that, He doesn't own land. He just He's compensating. And that's just like, there is a sense of like, why? But you're right. Yeah. I don't want to feel repulsed by it. I want to have compassion. Well, so I'm there's tra- a lot of assumptions being made, even with just the ideas that you're projecting onto this person. You have no idea. I just like that. I don't. I, I don't feel like I need to compensate, and I. I like that. I like that. I can. I'm like that. I. I like that. I'm comfortable with me, who I am, and I'm confident. But I just don't like to be flashy about it. That's all. I can appreciate that. 
Yeah. And it bugs me when people decide to be flashy about it. That's all. I don't that's like awesome. hate them. I just like, okay, cool. That's your style. I'm not going to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me neither. So I like humble people. So I choose to be one. Mm-hmm. You put, you get out of, you, you put good in, you get good out. Like the lemonade. Is that a lemonade? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. I want to see more. Of, I think you told me about I, this. If I want to see more of it in the world, I have to be it. So I just choose to be yeah. humble because I wish there was more humbly in the world. Yeah. Humbly humbleness. Humbly, humbly, humbly. <laughs> well, thanks for going there with me. I mean, I love, I love confronting ideas, limiting ideas, limiting beliefs around things. And like really questioning ourselves and our self-talk because the more and more that I get into health in mind and spirit, it's mental health. And how how can we create... Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> how can we create uh, more healthy self-talk? And like, do we question our own judgments we have of people and how does that affect us when we're holding hate or dislike or whatever towards someone what does that actually say about us like how can we take everything outside of ourselves and just have it be a reflection of like where we're at what we need to change rather than judging other people and being like you're this and you're that it sounds to me like it's just a distraction from ourselves like how can we yeah how can we grow and like take further responsibility for our lives and our beings than like putting it on everyone else to have the power to define us to have the power to mess with us and then like we blame our parents for the way that we are when that thing happened 20 years ago and who you are now has nothing to do with that moment like you can change anything at any moment you know like i don't know i love that i like looking at your life as opportunity to to become better like keep yourself accountable and just like be better, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't have to hold you back. And, and I like what you said, Taylor, about um, self-love. I think that it's important to be nice to yourself. You know, like if you're a nice person, you got to be nice to yourself too. Yeah. So maybe that dude just being nice to himself by buying that massive truck. Yeah. And there's three boots in the buckle jeans. Boom, compassion. Now I, now I don't feel repulsed. Is that a specific, like you saw that happen, that exact scenario? With the truck? With the truck and the boots and the buckle jeans? No, I mean, I just made up that outfit, but I I see that all the time, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't. I mean, we live in Southern Oregon, so there's, like, a lot of crusty gardeners everywhere with, like, these dilapidated (laughs) trucks that are, like, crusty, dense and crazy. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's a little different. I mean, I grew up in Southern California, so, like, that is different. I'm like, I know that you like don't have a garden <laughs> yeah <laughs> what is the point of this like you're truck? on the beach what, yeah what is this <laughs> yeah um but i don't know sometimes like i like to try things that are out of my personality of like i'm gonna wear this thing that doesn't normally fit me but i'm just gonna try it on because i can you know and maybe the guy was like i just want to try this huge giant truck that's totally impractical and eventually i'll sell because it gets eight miles to the gallon you know and is destroying the earth like you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm given a wide birth for this, yeah. this humbly, non-humbly, humbly guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like part of what you were talking about, Ammon, of um, like loving yourself and respecting yourself too, is kind of, dang, how do I wrap this all in together? So viewing other people without knowing, you know, like the whole, like, you know, the story of the guy with the truck, for example, like. You just don't know exactly why I got the truck. You don't know exactly why I yeah. got the boots and that whole thing. And I feel like for your own happiness and for my own happiness, like I do the same thing all the time. It's just better if I just don't assume those things and just see it. And I'm like, wow, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. And then just, you know, forget about it. Yeah. It's kind of like just stop worrying about other people so much and just yeah. start worrying about yourself. And I've, and I've been trying to really do that. And like in the last episode, Braden, when we talked about, um, my fear around you leaving the church. Oh yeah, and then how I've overcome that because it mm-hmm. wasn't actually a threat to yours in my relationship. Right. That's kind of how I've another way that I kind of got over it was like, why am I so worried about Brayden all the time? 
It doesn't matter what he does. Like he's going to live his life. I just need to focus mm-hmm. on me and my life yeah. and what I'm doing wrong, what I need right. to fix, what I'm doing right and how I can improve myself. Yeah. Yeah. Braden is not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like I can help him and be his brother and I want to, but I, it's not, I don't need to make his decisions yeah, for him. You don't need to feel bad for decisions that I'm making that you don't right. agree with. Right. And how can you make decisions now to be better in relationship? Like, so maybe you're worried about him because you care about him, but like ultimately what's the intention behind that, which is to be closer to your brother? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to be close to him, but that's what I mean. Like if I get too invested in like, oh my gosh, Braden's not choosing something that I would choose or Braden's not doing something that I would want to do. If I get too invested in that, then it's that's when it starts to become uh, damaging and right. unfair. And so I have to just, like what we're saying, you know, just focus on myself. And I think with relationships, that's what needs to happen. You just, instead of focusing so much on the other person, what they need, what, how they can be better for you, how they can help you and make you feel better, you need to just focus on you and how you can be a better person. And sure, like what what can I do better for my partner? How can I be a better partner? How can I be a better human being? And that's when your relationship, I, I, I mean, I'm not a marriage therapist or a marriage counselor, but I think that's probably when a, when a relationship and a partnership flourishes when you're w- worried about yourself instead of so much about the other person. Or maybe like worry is like, we can just get rid of that. Oh yeah, sorry. I mean, I'm just like using words, but <laughs> yeah, fix it. Sorry, I don't mean to like focus on semantics and just like literal language, but... Yeah, I think it's also breaking a lot of codependency issues. Like we've been, it's a very codependent culture. I feel like living in a nuclear family and what society's created for us to like how e- how it's easier to live a certain way that may not be fully healthy in relationship. Um, and as far as like, hey, we're coexisting in this relationship. I don't live to take care of you and you don't you're not here to take care of me we take care of ourselves and then we enjoy this life together and we experience it i i have my own loaf of bread you have your own glass of wine and then we can share our own things together you know it's not like you take from my well you know of that we share i don't know it's like not so limited that was beautiful. You're like, here. I loved every word that you just said. You're like, here, take a sip of my wine and let me have a little bite of your bread. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of the codependency thing was the wine is hers. And the right. I, I know. <laughs> okay, cool. okay, we both have loaves of bread and wine. <laughs> yeah. And you just share each other's yeah, yeah, wines yeah. and breads. <laughs> right. Yeah. We just like enjoy our own wines and breads together. But yeah, yeah I mean, this is becoming like a relationship. Like, sometimes it is what it is, it's nice know? to like, it's nice to be... Not just like, oh, cool. We're just we're just like two people who exist near each other. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's nice when yeah. you kind of intertwine your life a little bit and say like, hey, let me like have a baby with you or something, you know, or, or let's get married instead of just like existing close in proximity. But you have more than that. It's more. Yeah. But I feel like that's what draws two people in together is when you meet people you become friends and then you find common interests and that's when you start, you know, you start going to like dance classes together or you start going skydiving together or like whatever. Do you and Emily go to dance classes? We've been talking about it. Oh my God. What kind? Like tango. (laughs) You guys are so freaking cute. It just keeps getting cuter. Well, can I, can I come? Yeah. I'll bring someone. Bring Ammon. (laughs) You want to dance? Cumbia. I only do cumbia or bachata. I don't know what either of those are, but you can come. You do tango? <laughs> I don't know what tango is either. <laughs> I just sounds great. Oh, <laughs> it's I very beginning tango. steps of doing dance classes. Yes. We have a lot of other things in our lives going on, yes. but it's it, it'll happen eventually. <laughs> I love that. Trying new things together. Yeah. Picking hobbies that you both want to learn together that you exactly. start together. Or sometimes you compromise and meet each other within your hobbies. Maybe it's not something you would be drawn to, but you're willing to step into your partner's world because you love them. Exactly. And if it's that much of a compromise, make a new compromise around that compromise. Yeah, you're like, cool, I've got bread and wine. You've got bread and wine. What if we like try some... (laughs) fresh grapes fresh grapes together <laughs> like let's go eat some fresh <laughs> grapes together and then you like make this memory of like yeah we both came in with bread and wine but now we both like grapes together you know what i mean yeah that's great it's like we still have our wine and bread 
but look at these grapes. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean, man. Like, I like to create something together, like with the two of you, like, that like brings you. It's like, it's not just like we're two that's like, individual. That's love, you know. It's like when you're willing to do that for somebody else because you see how much it makes them happy. Yeah, and then it makes you happy sincerely, not just like, oh, I want to do this for them because that's what I'm supposed to do because I'm in a relationship. Yes. Well, it's the difference between codependency of I'm going to do this because it's conditional because it's going to get me this thing, which is going to secure my love, your love for me, which makes me feel loved rather than knowing your love, doing this thing because you love them, which gives you love because you don't need them in your life. It's a plus you want them in your life. It's like. Yeah, so it is what you want, but it's also what they want. It's just yeah, you, you get, want what they want you're because like, you love them you guys for are great who for they each are. Yeah. You don't love them for what they want. That makes that like I love you because you love the thing that I love. It's like I love you because you're different because you like this thing different. Yeah, you know, it's such a. I could go real deep. I mean, right I feel like that's a self black woman. Your black woman persona is coming out like I love you because I love the thing that you want because I love the. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. Side personality. What's her name? What's her name? Ashanti. Shaniqua. Shaniqua, and she got two kids. Oh boy God. and a girl. Did. Ryan and La Ryan. Is that from something? <laughs> no, I actually met a woman in my life. Her name was Shaniqua. And she had those kids? She had twins, a boy and a girl. The boy was Ryan, and the girl was La Ryan. La Ryan. I love the name La Ryan. I love that. What if you have a twin brother named Ryan, though? Then do you still love it? Yes. You're just like the feminine version of your brother. Yes, bitch. Can I just say that? <laughs> yes, bitch. <laughs> I say that all the time. It's ridiculous. Um, so, unconditional love. Yeah. Tango. Yeah, it's hard. You know, Un- unconditional love is hard to give. <laughs> but it's so necessary and it's so wonderful when you have it and you and you're able to give it. You know? Right. Like not setting conditions on people, not loving them for who they could be, loving them for who they are and always will be. And like who they're becoming and helping them become the person that they want to be. Not falling in love with their potential, you know, something you see that they could be for you, you know. And, you know, I feel like going through divorce has also brought maybe that concept a little clear within having felt a failure looking back on the relationship and viewing what you could have done better to show Well, I'm not a failure. Boom, not a failure. <laughs> There's that humbleness right there. <laughs> there it is. Humility. You're welcome. Humbly, humbly, humbly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a big one. I feel like I feel really grateful. Um, there's a lot of gratitude to have. I feel like when you go through something that's hard, that sucks in the moment and then you can come to a place of gratitude for that really hard thing uh, that you went through there's a breakthrough when the gratitude comes in i feel like that's when you can tell that there's been deep healing that you can release the hatred the lack of forgiveness the expectations the pain the grief and it doesn't mean the grief won't still be there some from time to time but you know i'm grateful for that relationship on so many levels i learned so much about myself about how i am in a relationship what i need what i don't want and then just what i could do differently so now i can meet the next person with that much more presence with that wisdom and knowledge to like love them more completely and wholly from a place of unconditioned less condition unconditionality <laughs> nailed it um <laughs> i can't think of another one <laughs> <laughs> you did great <laughs> unconditioned odyssey oh, bringing the odyssey into it now huh yeah some... yeah i mean there's still a lot i need to learn um and there's still a lot that i'm processing i love how this like turned <laughs> this is like a podcast about taylor and her you know how <laughs> like a professional relationship with raw and skydiving and influencing and now we're like talking about my divorce <laughs> dude i love it dude, i love That's it too great. man That's what it's about I love it too. This is what life's about. Yeah. That's what life's about. <laughs> Just going for the ride down the road. It's a windy one. Very nonlinear, which is like my brain. Yeah. Quite nonlinear. Well, I feel like maybe people that didn't know know a lot more about you now. Whether that feels vulnerable or not, I feel like uh, it's pretty powerful. And there's a lot of people that can relate to work conversations turning into relationships. I mean, this is the nitty gritty, 
right here. Like this is what I feel like my life is about is connection, um, whether it's with myself or those around me or animals or connection to deeper passion in my work, connection to God, like whatever those things are, you know, um, and the quality of that showing up in relationship. So, I mean, that's everything. It was nitty and gritty. Super gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> feels like a good place to stop. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it ended. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Well-rounded. Thank you for your words, Taylor. Before we go, can you just do your... Um, would you feel like it's appropriate to do your Japanese woman accent? Like, it's so funny. Oh, the one that my grandma does when she calls my name? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fine. Wait, okay, so I'll be Taylor. No, no, just do it. Okay. It's so funny when you do it. So my grandma's Japanese. Her name is Hiroko, and her American name is Linda. She's like four foot tall and wears size four f- a shoe and... She's just the cutest little thing. So tiny. So tiny. (laughs) Wow. And when I would go visit her at her house when I was younger, she'd be like, Teda, you hungry? I make you. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved it. She would make um, cream of wheat with butter and honey, which is so not Japanese. But she would make (laughs) it with the perfect amount of lumps. It's just my favorite memory and thing that she would make. Perfect amount of lumps? Perfect amount of lumps. It had to have some lumps in it. Oh, yeah. The perfect amount. It's weird. It's great the weirdest thing um granted she everything she touched and made was amazing um but that even my dad when i would be hanging out with him he would do that through the house i'd be downstairs getting ready for the day and he'd yell at the top of his lungs from like the second story all the way on the other side of the house and he'd be like Tada! and i'd be like yeah and he would hear me and he'd just keep yelling it just to yell it <laughs> you hungry need to eat more you're so skinny. <laughs> what do you want to eat? I make you. <laughs> That's good. I do it better than you, Taylor. <laughs> Taylor. You, yours has a, di- a like a little hint of like a different nationality. Granted. Well, I have zero percent Japanese in me, so you at least have thirty percent. Well, and granted, my twenty-three me recently said I'm Korean all of a sudden. So, I mean, what the heck? Welcome to the Korean lands. Well, welcome. <laughs> And that's a wrap. That's it. That's Welcome a wrap. to Korea. <laughs> Club Chronicles. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to support this podcast, the easiest way is to subscribe or tell a friend or leave a rating on iTunes or just send us money. The link for that is in the show notes. Follow Ammon on Instagram at Ammon Clough. And Braden at Braden.pnw. 